Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I interviewed Danny Beer. I met Danny Beer on Discord, and you will hear us talking about Discord throughout this. And what Discord is, is it's kind of like a online chat room. I know it has something to do more with like video game chat rooms or whatever, but Josh Chase from the New England Spartan Podcast started it, and uh it's uh it's pretty cool i don't know the website to it but hit me up on facebook or instagram and i will send you an invite to it i say that during the interview and everything too also uh you want to check out some of the other ocr podcasts that are out there there's some just really good uh media that's out there you know matt b davis at orm has been putting out a lot of good stuff with him and josh do their discourse episode uh every week and it's really interesting to listen to ocr talk jason dupree and uh oh <laughs> i can't remember her first name but i know her last name is landry they did a april fool's episode and it was hilarious and they pretty much makes fun of all the other ocr podcasts and different you know, like commercials and some of the elites. It's hilarious. If you listen to any podcast episode, listen to the OCR Talk April Fool's one. Obstacle Running Adventures with Mike Stefano and uh, Caitlin Renner, Ritter. They did an April Fool's episode also. And Michael is just the edit master. And he edits from another interview of Hunter McIntyre. And so he's asking questions and he's just got all these different older recordings of Hunter McIntyre. And it's just, it, it's really funny. It's really great. So y'all want to check out those uh, podcasts and check out the Bro CR Supercast. They've been constantly putting out episodes every week. They are not as lazy as I am. So uh, you definitely want to check that out too. I've got a new review. I'm going to read it. Five stars. New to Spartan from Camures21, I'm assuming. Man, I'm new to the Spartan scene. Ran my first Spartan sprint in STL last summer. And just ran my first super in Alabama last weekend. Listening to the podcast has been very insightful and helpful. I really enjoy getting to hear from several of the elite and pro athletes. One thing I would like to hear more of is the training from the elites. And I, I need to probably interview some more elites too. I don't do that as much. I like interviewing people that I know that I've talked to because it I, I, I think it flows better in an interview. But I do get the elites on every once in a while and I need to try to get some more in the future also. Man... Really appreciate you leading a review, and if anybody else read, leaves a review, I'll read it. Uh, I enjoy it when people come up to me and just say hello at a race. Uh, it always uh, 
it always makes me happy. So uh, continue to do that. And I will be at Lake Lanier this weekend. Come up to me and say what's up. Um, that's about all I got. Here goes the interview with Danny Beer. Hope you enjoy it. Danny Beer, what is up, my friend? Yes, sir. And how much are you doing tonight? Pretty good, man. Pretty good, man. So, uh, Danny, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like, where are you from? What you do for a living? Sure, definitely. Uh, so, I'm originally from Texas. Uh, moved all around there for a while and then got a job out on the East Coast. So, I'm a sports dietitian. So, I previously worked with a lot of athletes and you know, professional athletes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah? And now I'm actually uh, working with the military. Mostly with just kind of weight loss, keeping them healthy and stuff like that. But I'm hoping to transition to work with more like special forces type stuff as I uh, get more experience. For like, so like for a dietitian, they work with like the special forces and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be like, oh, wow. like what they need to eat. You know, it's, it's basically kind of cool because they're basically training very similar to obstacle course racers. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping to combine that with my passion for the sport. If I can, you know, find a good position that I like. Huh, that's pretty cool. I, so, like, what does a, a dietitian, you know, give, like, somebody that's in the Special Forces? Like, what kind of a diet plan do they go on? Probably, like, a high-carb diet, right? Yeah, yeah. So, for them, uh, the concern is more getting, making sure they're getting enough energy, making sure they're getting enough proper fuel, and that's exactly right, getting the carbs. Um, you got to make sure that uh, every once in a while you get one come in, you'll want to do the, the newest fad, the keto and the whatnot, and set the, you know, kind of, Show them the science how it's probably not the best performance-wise for their chosen profession. Um, and just kind of educate them how to get in that fuel throughout the day and how to, you know, shop for it and how their meals and, and snacks should look, stuff like that. Right. So how long have you been with the Air Force now? Uh, Air Force is about a year and a half. I've uh, been dietitian almost four years now. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, I saw on your Facebook page it said you studied at a women's university. What's that all about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they do accept men. All right. Um, so historically, it was a women's college. It was the Texas Women's University, and I think back in '94 they started allowing men. Right. And so even when I went there back in 2014-ish, um, I think it was still like 80 percent women. So yeah, I wasn't I was single at the time, so I definitely didn't. Oh have yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you were walking around saying, hey, you want to lose some weight? I'm a dietitian. I can help you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, so, but also, they had, there were a few colleges in the state that actually had a sports nutrition master's program, right. whereas a lot of other places, like for my undergraduate work, I had to get a bachelor's in kinesiology, which is kind of like sports science, yeah. as well as a bachelor in, in nutrition, so I had a double major. And I did not want to do that again for my graduate studies, so I, I wanted to I find one that actually combined both of those. So that kind of influenced that, you know, along with the perks that uh, went with that. Right. So me and you, we met on the on the OCR Discord channel that Josh Chase put up. And I don't know why, we were talking about eating bad, and I think I threw up a picture when I was, like, big and fat and... You threw up some too, man, and like you did had a transformation from hell, man. You look like a bodybuilder in that in your transformation <laughs> picture. Yeah, yeah. A lot that of discipline. Was, that was actually the end goal. Yeah, so I started out as obese, um, and that's what actually got me into nutrition and, and everything. You know, just freshman year hit me really hard. Both the freshman semester gained fifteen pounds. Both <laughs> both of them. Wow. So uh, after that, I started just kind of you know trying to find out how to eat healthier, you know, what was healthy, how to exercise. And, you know, I 
changed my major from computer science to kinesiology and the nutrition. And that culminated, yeah, I eventually competed in a few natural bodybuilding shows. Uh, first one, I got second, and the second one, I did actually won the show. Man, that's awesome, so, dude. You were ri- you look ripped up in the pictures, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the one thing that's so hard is that you get to that, like, that pinnacle of your shape, the best shape of your life. But you really can't sustain that permanently, and it's oh, a really yeah. hard thing to mentally accept because you just you want you want to always look like that. But that's not really healthy to stay that lean year round. So yeah. I know that was the first thing I noticed about you when I saw you at Alabama's your huge guns you got there, man. Well, you know, biceps win races. So. <laughs> that's right. Curl. That's right, <laughs> Josh Chase. If you're listening, biceps win races. <laughs> yes, sir. I know it's going to be sad when he takes the Hunter McIntyre channel down. Well, we'll just have to keep beating him and betting him every time. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. So, man, tell us a little bit, like, how you got into OCR. Uh, let's see, man. Uh, well, it took actually quite a while because I was, in the time I was back in Texas, and I kept trying to do the Austin race, and, like, two or three years in a row, something would always happen right before, and I couldn't do it. And it just became like this kind of stigma in my head and I was worried oh yeah, I'm going to get injured you know I'm going to twist my ankle or something so I, I put it off and I was supposed to actually run a savage race with my buddy and then last minute he couldn't go so I went with a friend of his and then we went through it and had a blast was like, okay you know this is real fun I want to do it and then when I moved to the east coast I was like okay you know, I'm going to start doing the Spartan thing and let's see the first race I ever did was uh, DC that was just the sprint they had up there and it was fun, and I was like, man, okay, I'm, I'm uh, I need to start training a little bit harder. It, was, it wasn't even hills, you know, just kind of cute inclines got me gas. And then I did uh, the Wintergreen Super after that. Oh my, that was the last year they had it there. And oh, that, that I was there. I was there that year. Me. Yeah, and, and I, that just, I fell in love with the sport. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, man. If you're one of those people, you know, I, I, I was literally every step of the last two or three miles, I was cramping. Like, I was, you know, on just, I have my elbows on my knees, kneading out my quads every <laughs> step to try to keep them from cramping up. And I got to the finish line. I literally just collapsed on the ground. And I'm like, are, are you okay? Like, I, I promised myself I would let myself do this if I didn't stop until I got here. <laughs> so I just laid there for a while. Yeah, I know. I was signed up to do the sprint the day after Wintergreen. And I remember wa- I washed off in the showers and I left my pants there. So I had a pair of shorts to wear the next day and I was already just sore as I could be. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to go home early. <laughs> I was pretty sore, man, from that. That was, I, 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 I did New Jersey before that, but Wintergreen was, that was a lot of elevation in eight miles. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him go back to that venue again. I bet it would sell out so fast because people, I mean, that was an iconic uh, venue for Spartan. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that was back when they had like the, the Devil's Trifecta I really wanted to do. They would say if you did the Palmerton Sprint, the Wintergreen Super, and then Killington Beast, you did the Devil's Trifecta, the hardest yep. three. And I was sad. I, I will eventually, I'm determined this year, I'm going to finally do Killington. And I want to go back to Palmerton this year and redeem myself. Last year, I actually rolled my ankle and oh. had to walk the rest of the race. So that was very demoralizing. Yeah, I did Palmerton last year for the first time. And, man, that double sandbag at the top of that mountain is sucks. Dude, that's <laughs> why I twisted my ankle. One bad step and carrying that much weight. It just My ankle just completely twisted the wrong way. Man, there was, and, some, there was some people running 
down that hill with both of those sandbags and that hill was steep and i was like man that's that's i said i don't i don't want to race that bad (laughs) dangerous i know it was right to your right there's a huge drop off yeah man but yeah palmerton was a good time i enjoyed it i'm going back this year too we did two laps there and you know me and some friends just kind of goofed off on the second lap but we and we kind of sucked at first but we were glad we did because that sprint got canceled the next day because of the weather i saw that yeah we was out there crazy because it was beautiful saturday right yeah man it was nice shit it was hot Mm -hmm. that was a good race it was a good hot it was well i mean i was walking so i guess i can't say but it felt good to me yeah it was it was a good hot for sure on that second lap we did it was sure enough hot Mm -hmm. oh i bet yeah but yeah, so you've never done Killington? I haven't. No, I was supposed to do it last year, but but yeah, was, you know, my PT was like, hey, if you go again, your ankle's not not ready for that yet. You'll, you'll probably re-injure it. So played it smart. I didn't do any races. I had to cancel all my races. And oh man! I came back, and the uh, Virginia Super was my first one back. And I was able to get that one, and then I did um, Dallas Beast and Carolina Beast, and finished a double trifecta last year. Oh, so. cool. Finished all right, but. You know, it was, it was hard losing a couple months of injury, but you got to play it smart, you know? Yeah. I like that Virginia venue. I mean, it's a cool venue, but, I mean, it's not as cool as Wintergreen for sure. No, no, no. And I was, it's like, I'm kind of getting hyped because I'm driving into, I think it was like Liberty around there, and it's so beautiful, scenic. Oh, okay. It, it'll be at least a hilly race, and you get there, and no, it was pretty it's flat. okay, but, yeah, it's no Wintergreen. <laughs> Man, I know they had that, whatever that hay grass was, and they had the barbed wire right there, and... If you ran with a shirt off and rolled on that grass, man, it just cut you up so bad. Ooh, yeah, it, no doubt. It was pretty rough. I didn't go last year, but I went the first year they had it there. And that statue, when you come into that venue, is cool as hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty neat. <clears throat> um, But, yeah, man, you'll enjoy Killington. Killington was probably one of the prettiest venues that I've been to, you know. Um, on the East Coast, I would say for sure. That's that's just an awesome venue. You'll you'll have a good time there. Yeah, yeah I really do do prefer the mountain races. I mean, they're they're so much more brutal, of course. But, right. I mean, just the scenery is better. You just enjoy it better. It's more of a challenge, you know. And and I definitely am looking forward to it. Yeah, you just feel more accomplished at the end of it too, you know. But oh, I yeah. I said I wasn't going to do the ultra at Killington again, but we signed up to do the ultra there again. So. <laughs> That's a whole other sort of crazy man. Yeah, man, it was it was it was pretty crazy. I did three ultras last year, and that was about two too many. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was fun. It was a long day, man. It's fun going out there and just doing a Spartan race that lasts all day long. Yeah, you heard mm-hmm. at the end of it, but man, it's it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try my first ultra at the end of the year, either Dallas or Carolina, depending on when I'm ready for it. That Carolina venue is, because they're moving it to Winsboro, it's not going to be at Spartanburg, and Winsboro's a pretty cool venue, I mean, there's some elevation in there, where they find a bunch of little hills, but nothing crazy sustained, I'm sure it's probably a little more elevation than Dallas will have. Yeah, I think it's near where they had it uh, three years ago, isn't it? Yep, the the same same place. Okay. That, that, okay, yeah, so that is where, that's where my first beast, so yeah, okay. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, that off-road I part. I to ease into it a little bit. Yeah. But that, I mean, that venue had a lot of it. One 
thing. You'd be in a swamp, you'd be in sand, and you know, then you'd be in just some red clay. So it was, it's a pretty cool venue. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It usually brings out a lot of people, too. Yeah. Well, speaking of that red clay, man, that, that Charlotte race this weekend, it was nothing but. <laughs> yeah, man. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to you. I saw everybody talking about how bad it was on that sprint and. Uh, I can't remember what your words exactly were on discourse, but it was the worst race of my career. I'm never coming back to this shit hole. <laughs> I, was, I was not in a good place mentally. I will not lie to you. Man, oh, I saw man, some of know, the sprint times were as long as the super times. It was it was brutal, man. I, I failed more obstacles in that race than yeah, I ever have in a race. You yeah. know, and, and there wasn't no so, twister or limpus in the sprint either, was there? No, yeah, it was all, quote-unquote, the easier obstacles. It was all just slick as hell and muddy as hell, and, like, there's nothing to dry your hands. I even wore a shirt specifically so I could try to keep my shoulders dry and have something to wipe my hands off on. But, right. You know, that wasn't really helping, and, oh, man, just just really goes to show you, you know, you got to, some people were able to get a clean race, so it is possible, and you got to adjust your training to prepare for those situations, and just showed me I definitely have a deficit in my own training, so it's definitely something I'll be focusing on moving forward. Right on. You play second in your age group on the Super, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did really well on the Super. I got second. And I, I got second and still failed two obstacles. That's how dirty of a race it was. Like, the wow. only one of us that was running a clean race was the guy that won. Wow. What'd you fail? Like, Spear and something else? Uh, no, I actually got Spear um, on, see, the Monkey Bar. Impossible. Right. And what, what, what else? Oh, beater. Oh, yeah, beater. Shit. I, I cannot get that wet beater. Like, Alabama, no problem. It was dry. Yeah, it was Dead easy right there. Um, but Jacksonville and this one, I, I slipped right off. As soon as I get to the road heading part, my hands are wet. So, yeah. I don't know. I've got to perfect that. But that and the monkey bars were just almost impossible. Like, you get there, you just see that layer of dew on the top and just all these muddy handbrakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was rough. I know two years ago, they had the monkey bars was like the last obstacle there, and it was going uphill, and they were so freaking muddy. I think I only made it like through three bars before I fell off. Mm-hmm. It, it was pretty yeah, rough. Yeah, I don't know about it. Yeah, and this, this year actually made it a little bit even more annoying because it was right after the rope climb. So you're getting up there, your hands getting all muddy from everyone, of course, getting up there, and, and the rope was at least doable but then like your hands are all dirty transition yeah. right into the monkey bar so if you don't have good rope climb form your grip is fatigued as well as dirty yeah <laughs> oh man i saw I a video it. Like, and you, it was it wasn't like you know 100 yards away it was like maybe 10 yards away from the monkey bars i mean they were right beside each other oh no yeah like you could almost spit on it from the monkey <laughs> <laughs> it was right there and, which, I mean, credit to them. They always do really good, you know, if the, the terrain is not, you know, necessarily challenging, they make the obstacles typically challenging in, in some way, you know. So I'll yeah. give them credit. You know, that's a good way to design the course, but I was just not happy at all. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was so frustrated. Oh, man. It, it was the weirdest thing, like, Z-Wall, like, that's never a thing, you know, that gets people, over half of us fell off the Z-Wall. It was just dewy as hell slick as hell and it was just i don't know that wood was just almost impossible to grip onto well if your feet are sliding off the blocks i mean that's not one of those obstacles you can do all the way through it with your hands i don't think <laughs> yeah yeah it's that yeah combination of couldn't get your feet on couldn't get the grip on so 
yeah, that was rough. And, and yeah, I failed my first spear. I was actually really proud. I've been practicing spear really hard because that was the bane of my last year. Oh, yeah. I'd made five in a row this year, hadn't failed any. And then, of course, Sunday, missed the spear. And that just, like, cherry on top of the fuck me Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was looking to see you get on the podium again. I was watching all the times on Athlinks, man. I was really missing that race. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping for our first double podium weekend, but I'll have to train hard. Maybe for, I'm going for Big Bear and going to try to do both there. So oh wow, even the competition is going to be extremely steep there, I'm sure. But uh, oh yeah, we'll see what I can do. Are you going to Seattle this weekend? Hell no! <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that weather? It looks like fucking Charlotte on steroids. Man. I know, That's man. I know, and don't they have like a cold front coming through too? I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, that's, I, I I totally appreciate that some people like that kind of course, but for me, Man. you know, dry mountain any day of the week, cold, wet, muddy. No, that's I, not for me. I don't care if it's wet. I just don't want it cold, man. Cold is my nemesis. Like last year at Charlotte, that second day was awful, man. It was awful. My hands got so cold they hurt all day long after that race. It was awful. Right. It takes forever to get feeling back in them, man. It's so know, hard. Yeah. You can't really carry gloves because they make you do the damn dunk wall. Yep. And then it's just like, and I tried so... that at uh, Carolina last year. It was 30 degrees at the start. It's like, okay, I'm going to wear gloves. Then have the slip wall, like half, the dunk wall, like halfway through. Yep. And then I had all these damn sinkholes and the river crossing. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. got my hands wet. I was like, oh my God. Yep. Yeah, they did. I remember we did the ultra at Spartanburg, and my buddy Dan tripped and fell in that water right at the beginning, and it was 30 degrees out there. I was like, oh, my God, I hope I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we were, everyone was doing pretty good. Like They were like pointing out the sinkholes, but if you got away from the pack, you had to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, man, it was oh. It was, it was, that was cold, rough. And then, you know, we run the ultra there. So by lunchtime, you know, you couldn't really wear thermal compression because you'd be sweating your ass off by lunch. So I had this, yeah, I had this bright idea that, uh, I took my, I had a thermal compression long sleeve shirt and I cut the sleeves off of it. (laughs) Kind of got the best (laughs) of both worlds. (laughs) Nice. I keep the core warm. Yeah. I love to breathe. Yeah, I think I ended up wearing that all day long. Man, it was so cold at the beginning of that race. And we got in that creek so early, it took my feet forever to thaw out. Yeah, that was was, was not fun, that's for sure. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So uh, I saw in the the Charlotte race that they ended up closing down that slip wall, and those ropes looked like they only went about halfway down the wall. Did you have any problems getting up that? That's right. You know, and I was kind of surprised because when we were listening to the course director um, the Thursday before when they did the live feed, someone directly asked how long the videos, and she laughed, or how long, excuse me, how long are the ropes? And she laughed, oh, don't worry, they're, they're, they're regular length. And we get there, I was like, fuck, no, no they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, those weren't regular length. So, which, and then actually for me, initially you think that's a negative, but I actually feel like it was a positive because... Yeah, it's a little bit harder to get to them, but if you were able to get to that point, you were then close enough to the top to get there. Whereas previously, like Dallas last year, it was even muddier than that with really long ropes, like almost down to the bottom. Right. But it's okay. You get on the rope, you can't get that next grip because the rope is so slick. So I think this actually was good if you could get to the knot, 
then you can get yourself over. So I actually didn't have any trouble, but uh, I saw a lot of people afterwards. So yeah, and you're a little taller too, aren't you? Like six foot something. Yeah, yeah, I'm six one, so I definitely had an advantage yeah. of reach. So that that may have been part of it, but yeah, that helped. But a yeah, bit. but man, they showed that like a picture of it later after they closed it down, and it just looked like a big ass mud puddle coming up to <laughs> it for like fifty <laughs> no, it yards. Was, yeah, it was the crawl tubes. Yeah, you came right out of the crawl tubes directly into this just mud pit and then right into the slip wall. So what is this crawl tube? I haven't seen it at a race yet. Is it just a plastic pipe you just crawl through, kind of like they have at Savage on that teeter-totter obstacle or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it looks exactly like that. So for, it's actually a lot more flexible. So you can actually push up on your back. Yeah. And get yourself more room if you need to. You know, at first I was crawling hands and knees. Right. And then I realized I, I could kind of actually just get up on my feet and bend over and kind of duck walk through. Oh, wow. And and I was actually able just to do that. And then that way I wasn't hurting my knees and my hands. So huh. that actually worked a lot better. It felt kind of weird. Oh, that's a good but tip. But I feel like I was able to stay a little cleaner, yeah. Well, I, did, I didn't know they were that big. That's cool. Like so they, are, they are stretchy, yes. Yeah, so they don't look that big, but it will give whenever you push up against it. So, mm. and then they said the parking lot was real muddy too. Did you have any problems getting stuck? My my little uh, Corolla was a champ, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely worried. Uh, I saw a few people getting stuck on Saturday getting out, but you know, everyone was you know great and helped pushing out. But they're really good at changing the route to get out. It's actually, Saturday I had no issues. And Sunday, they actually surprised me. They put down these metal treads all down the main pathway, and they were making sure everyone parked huh. you know, in the correct direction. And, and, and So they actually did a great job. I was really impressed with uh, how they handled the parking. That's cool. I guess everybody's parking downhill, huh? Yeah, exactly. They had everyone <laughs> park. Yeah, exactly. I was, it was really weird. Cause I was like, man, they did a really good job keeping everyone uniform. Usually it's just, you know, chaos and just randomly ordered rows, whatever, but... Yeah, that's a, good. And the cool thing about that venue is too is if you get there early enough, you can virtually park like really close next to the registration tent. I mean, oh yeah, no, I was I was in the first row. Oh my shit, this yeah. is awesome. There's one thing I do like about doing age group. You know, early morning, you get a great spot and yeah, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have all the traffic and everything getting in a line coming in. That's the only thing that sucks about when you run an open heat and you're running later in the day. You got all the traffic coming in. You got to park further away. So I remember like one, but one time we went to Carolina and I want to say when I went to, when I went to Fayetteville, uh, last, no year before last, they made us park. The people that got there first had to park further away. That was awful. Really? Yeah, man. We was like a mile away. It felt like. I had to, because my girlfriend was still in a boot, and I had to drop her off, and then I would have to go park, and it was like, man, it it was at least almost a half a mile away, it felt like, it sucked, wow. and that was like one of the yeah. only races I did that at, I want to say at Carolina Adventure World, a few years ago, they didn't let you, you know, it wasn't, you didn't get to park very close when you come in early, too, they kind of parked you further back. But I think that had to do with some of the traffic for the people that were coming in and, like, using the ATVs and stuff, too. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, thankfully they're not doing that anymore. That would be uh, very frustrating. Yeah. So, man, uh, what would you say was, like, the best part of the race this weekend for you, man? The best part? Man, 
Well, aside from getting clean after the race, <laughs> um, I would say I kind of like the, the technical train that the woods on the super. Like they did really good. Like that was the first time they did the super, um, and I was impressed. They were able to add in that much, you know, good train and, and stuff. And you know, there were a couple of guys who were racing pretty hard, and there's a lot of you know good ground there. So actually, I did like that part. Yeah, I saw some but, um, some real good times thrown down, and it looked like that it actually went off of the the usual part of the map that you're on at that venue where they got the extra miles from. Yeah, yeah, I remember there were a few parts I remembered from last year that we got in and picked up with, but yeah, that was all, a lot of it was kind of new added on, so I thought they did a good job making it super, I'll give them that. Was the bucket in the same place this year as it was last year? It kind of looked like it was from the pictures I saw. The bucket, it's, I actually don't remember the bucket, but that is that reminds me of the sandbag was actually very challenging. I was really impressed with that as well because, I mean, you think, like, normally it's whatever, you just run with the sandbag, but they, they made you go, like, up hills and up muddy hills. Like, you're trying to get up the muddy hill and, like, cross the creek and climb up the little little hang thing on there and then oh like, man so slippery. everyone's like trying to find a grip while holding on to the sandbag so i was like all right you know touche spartan this is a little challenging man that's awesome so, man i hate i missed that dude it sounds like it was fun yeah once you, once you got yeah once you if you were, if you had a really good grip if you had been training for a wet grip with what yancey has been telling us to do and, and i've been kind of neglecting so that's my bad i'm sorry yancey <laughs> but uh, I, I will definitely be doing it more in the future. Um, so yeah, if you've trained for that, then then yeah, you can you can handle that. You probably would have had a very fun race. Yeah, I try to train grip as much as I can. Are you training with Yancey? You like training with him? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's I've really been trying to push myself because you know, like I said, I come from that strength training background. So right, yeah, you know, I'm always just kind of resting on my laurels, so to speak. Oh, you know, I'm really strong. I can just muscle my way through, but. Yeah, that's only going to get you so far. Then you really got to go back into efficiency and you know, how to incorporate the running into that. And you know, I've never known how to make a running program yet. So having Yancey there, and, and just, I mean Yancey, of course, if you've ever heard him or met him, you know, oh, yeah. he's just an awesome, awesome person. So just having him there, motivating you and all that kind of stuff is definitely worth it for sure. Yes. What what kind of running? Uh, I I looked through a month of his workouts uh, one time that a friend of mine had. But like, what kind of like running workouts does he usually you know prescribe? Uh, so very few that are just pure running. But it's really good about just kind of you know training your engine so to speak. So work on a lot of the different heart rate zones, and a majority of it's going to be in the kind of zone three, is getting you to be more efficient runner. Right. Which is definitely something that uh, I needed to hear because it's kind of funny. When I first started listening to all the OCR podcasts, that was the one thing people would always joke. Oh, yeah, all these noobs, you know, going in there and they'd always, you know, every run's got to be your hardest run and you're pushing yourself like, well, shit, that's what I'm doing now. That's wrong. <laughs> oh, that's why when I started running and just doing local 5Ks, I just went out and tried to run as fast as I could for three miles every day or every other day. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's. It's totally understandable why everyone would assume that's the best way, but you know, I can already tell just in the couple of months I've been training this way with Yancey that there's definitely been reaping some benefits. Um, so yeah, some of his, so um, one of the ones I really like, so you'll kind of just have, uh, you'll start just kind of zone zone three, casual run, and then zone two, cool down, then zone four, then zone two, and then you do a couple rounds of that, and then like the next round is you do an incline, 
then next round is incline with a sandbag. The next round, oh, <laughs> incline with uh, nothing, and then incline with a bucket carry, and then flat. Damn. How long and does it take to do his workouts, usually, that he prescribes? At least three uh, a week, yeah. right? Yeah, he gave me three a week, and you can do however many of them as you want. He doesn't expect everyone to do them, but he's like, if you do them, then um, you maybe don't you have a little notes. Like, if you're doing three, then you don't need this bonus section. But if you're only doing two, then do this bonus, and it'll be like some extra grip work or something like that. Right. Um, so usually the workout, specifically the workout, is about an hour, but then there's always a lot of little extra the the warm up. Uh, working on your, your your running fundamentals is usually like an eight to ten minute warm up, and then. There's a lot of times a little bonus, just kind of uh, grip work, which I think he actually posted on his Instagram, I want to say yesterday or so. Just you know, one of the things he does is, you know, start just like a regular hang and then just like switching your grip, switching your grip, doing some shoulder taps, uh, hip taps and things like that. Just getting used to holding on for a long time and just changing your grip constantly is one of the things he's a big fan of. Right. Um, and when you can do that is then start practicing that with wet hands. You know, is where you got to progress that to. Yeah, that helps a lot. Because that's one thing that sucks about running age group and elite. When you start in the mornings, there is that, you know, especially here on the East Coast, a lot of those obstacles will have that morning dew on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or especially in the Southeast. I don't know about yeah. out West because I've never <laughs> been out West further than yeah, Texas. That's something I'm noticing, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get used to so what's your next race, man? You going to Lanier this weekend? No, no, actually, uh, um, taking a couple weeks off. I've actually I've been having a real bad hip bursitis issue that just is, I'm pretty sure it's due to my just running form being shit. But right. I'm working on that, so I'm let that heal. I'm actually going to do uh, flying back to College Station in Texas to do Tough Mother with friends uh, early oh, cool. in May, and um, then I'm going to do Big Bear uh, there at the mid May. Man, I would love to go out and do Big Bear. That's gonna. I gotta go, go to a wedding that weekend. I think too. Oh man, yeah. I was. I was on the fence because that that is an expensive trip. And yeah, it, it is. Out, I was like, shit, I can't do it. And then they opened more spots. Like, okay, that's a sign. Yeah. So I went. I jumped on it, and it's definitely gonna be an expensive trip. But Where did you end up flying fun. into? Um, San Bernardino, I think the the one that not LAX, but it's right. like an hour. Uh, east of there is actually much closer to the venue. I actually have a friend that is from the area. She's like, yeah, flying to this airport is much closer. I was like, oh, shit, it is. Yeah, but did, um, wouldn't that flight cost more than flying into LAX? I think it was like maybe 50 bucks more, but, you know, you end up saving a couple hours of driving each way. Oh, wow. But actually, it was, it was pretty close. Where did you get the flight at? Was it on Expedia or something? Uh, I usually like going to Skip Line. Right. And then oh. just checking there to see if they have any, because that's the one where it'll show you all the hidden discounts. Okay. And it's Skip very rare line. that I'll find one that actually, huh. yeah, have you ever heard of that? No. Yeah, so what they do is, I mean, it's just like a big search engine, just like, you know, Expedia or any of those. Right. Um, but occasionally it'll show you the hidden city discount. And what that is, is for example, um, you know, if I'm flying from Columbia to Dallas, there might be a connection, um, you know, going to, someone's going from Dallas to Columbia to New York, maybe. Okay. But, and that is cheaper than flying just straight from Dallas to Columbia. So you pay for the Dallas to New York ticket, and then you just get off at Columbia. Oh. And so you can kind of well, take sense. it to the airlines. Yeah, the airlines don't like it, so you, 
don't abuse it, and obviously don't put your freaking flyer number on there if you're going <laughs> to do that. But uh, every it's, everyone's, I've only actually done it, I think, twice that it actually worked out to where it was a benefit. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's nice when you can pull it off there. Well, that's pretty cool. Man, uh, I would like to go to that course because, like you said, it's a mountain course and it looks challenging. And everybody talked about how hard it was last year. It looks like a really just awesome venue. Mm. Yeah, I'll make sure to take a lot of pictures. I'll touch it on the, uh, the Discord how it is because I'm sure it'll be brutal but in a good way. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know what Discord is, I, it's like a video game, like, chat room, and they've got all these different, you know, I guess, subjects or channels or whatever you want to call it. I don't know a lot about it, but I don't know how to tell you what the website is, but if you want to go on, it's pretty much like a chat room, and there's all these different topics about all the different kind of races, and there's general topic and everybody is in there talking about it on different things. Most of the podcast uh, people are in there. And uh, I don't know, remember what the exact website is, but if you hit me up on Messenger, I, can, I know how to invite you to it. So. Yeah, I think it's like bit.ly slash OCR Discord or something like that. But yeah. Josh has a shortened link. But yeah, yeah, just go yeah. to any old guy you got it there. But yeah, if you message me on Facebook or Instagram, I can send you an invite to it. But it's pretty cool. You know, at first I was thinking, you know, it, it wasn't going to be anything special. But it's usually, I mean, I think there's like, I don't know, 250 members in there now. But it's pretty much the same 30 guys that are talking all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lurkers. But yeah, a couple of the main guys, definitely. Yeah, and it's usually everybody just having a good time. And we talk about news and stuff that we see at races or see on social media and stuff. It's pretty cool. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, especially like it. it's a good way to just find other people. Also, that hey, you're gonna be at this race or that race, and you're if you're there, you know, have a, you know, meet up for drinks or something like that. So it's kind of cool for that too. Yeah, yeah, for real. And I mean, it's kind of a tight group too, so I like it. Um, so Danny, your last name is Beer. So did y'all that is like? Correct. I mean, did y'all or y'all like design beer and your family heritage? What's going on? Uh, my, my family is German, so I can. Hey, uh, you that's probably could. A possibility, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What? I can so, neither confirm or deny that. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a drinker, but I feel like I have to ask you this question: What's your favorite beer? You know, it's ironic. Is I'm not a huge beer drinker either. Um, I usually go for more more of a rum man myself. But if I'm drinking beer, I like more of a Blue Moon type thing. Right. Okay, I was scared you were going to say Natural Light or Coors. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, back, back when I was a poor college kid, you know, maybe I would have gone for that. Yeah, everybody drank Natural Lights back then, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Natty Light, Keystone Light. Were big <laughs> Keystone, that. that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, get a 30-pack of that, you're good for the night. Shit. Right. All right, man, so you're a dietitian, and I have a couple of questions I want to ask you about that. So, Sure, definitely. Like... For OCR, what do you think is like the best diet uh, plan that somebody should go by? And I mean, I know everybody's different, but what is like a basic, simple like diet plan that you would subscribe somebody that's you know into OCR and wanting to like maintain a certain weight? Sure. So 
well, number one, in my opinion, the best diet plan is going to be the diet plan that you can stick with for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, I'm not all, don't do the fad diet. If someone walks in, hey, I want to do this or that for a month, I just straight up tell them, I will not help you do that. That's a waste of my time. That's a waste of your time. Right. Um, so if they passionately want to do something, I will explain the, you know, the pluses and minuses. And if they want to do that for the rest of life, I will talk to them. That being said, um, you know, OCR being a very high intensity sport, doing a lot of running and stuff like that, definitely I would recommend a, a at least moderate carb, preferably higher carb approach. Um, but also just a balanced diet, a balanced, healthy diet. My big three mantras are choose natural foods, choose whole foods, and choose minimally processed when at all possible. And if your diet is following those three guidelines, you're going to be pretty healthy. And then you just got to make sure that you're eating enough carbs to fuel your your body and your races and get enough protein that you're not losing any muscle and get enough fat that your hormone levels are all in check. And at that point, you don't have to get all anal about it. Just kind of keep it all in balance. Right. Okay, you didn't say anything about cake and donuts, so... Um. <laughs> Everything in moderation. You know, the <laughs> key thing is, I, I will tell my clients, I'm never going to tell you, you cannot have something. I'm just going to say, you know, everything comes with a price. Right. And you have to decide how often you can have that. It's you know, like having your, your food budget, you know, or a money budget. You can get a thousand bucks a week to spend on stuff. You want to blow 800 of it on you know, some video game or a new computer, that's your choice, but then you're going to make do with the rest of the week with 200. So it's up to you, you know? Yeah. But man, it's like when it comes to like eating bad, I'm not, I don't, it's like, I don't, I won't, I don't want to eat just one piece of cake, man. I want to eat like half of it or I don't want to eat like one donut. I want to eat like a dozen donuts. And I, I guess I would say I'm kind of like a borderline binge eater. Because, like, yeah. I'll, I'll do good for, like, a, you know, a week or so, and, like, the weekend will be here, and I'll be like, screw it, I'm going to eat a whole box of Lucky Charms, you know? Yeah, and, and that's where it's hard, man. That, it that, is. That moderation, that's the hardest part. And I struggle with it. Everyone struggles with that. You know, that's, that's completely normal. Um, you know, that's, honestly, that's part of why I enjoy endurance training, is because you get a lot more yeah. indulge, <laughs> you know? You go for a, you know, I, I used to do triathlons for a little bit, too, and you go on, like, a three-hour bike ride, you're burning, you know, 2,000-plus calories, you know, well, uh, medium pizza is like, 1,800. Yeah. You just, you just earn yourself a medium pizza, you know, spaced out over, you know, two or three meals, sure, but is it the healthiest choice? No, but, you know, your calories will match up, and every once in a while, it's okay to indulge yourself. Yeah, I've just got this huge appetite, man. It's it's hard to you know fight it sometimes, man. Like, what is the best? Like, what is your strategy to like fighting like late night cravings? You know, when you just like, man, I want. I just ate a bunch of salty food for dinner, and I want something sweet, man. Like, what's the best way to fight off those cravings? What's your secrets? Uh, well, for that, you really got to figure out why you're getting those cravings. You know, are you not fueling yourself properly throughout the day? And just at the end of the day, your body's like, hey, I'm starving. I need more fuel. You know, or is it, you know, late night emotions? Are you just bored? Are you tired? Are you lonely? Are you sad? You know, because those emotions will definitely play into that a lot. Um, so you definitely got to identify why you're getting those cravings, and that will help you find out how do you actually satisfy that. You know, because a lot of times food is just a shortcut. You know, that is just the immediate way to satisfy those, but it's not really going to solve, you know, quote, unquote, the problem if there is an underlying issue. You know, if it's someone that is chronically, you know, skipping breakfast, um, has a very busy work day, doesn't eat very much, maybe gets a lunch, 
and then has a big dinner and then they're surprise surprise still hungry later well yeah because you need more calories <laughs> so mm. you know it's okay to have a healthy snack you know make sure it's long enough before you go to bed that it digests of course um, but i would say the better way would be to reevaluate your diet throughout the day and try to get you know at least something in the morning if you're not a breakfast person then a small snack maybe an early morning snack you know, around nine or ten before lunch and just work on solving it that way right Cool. So what is your, so like if, if, if you're going to eat a cheat meal, what's your cheat meal? Oh shit. Uh, probably pizza. Pizza is my big one. Yeah. I, I love pizza. And like you, you know, I really struggle to, to have an appropriate amount. So I'll either make sure I've got someone with me to, you know, just, Hey, we'll split a medium pizza and you have the four pieces each, whatever. Um, yeah, man, that's, or I'll, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty, that's, that's good. Most of the time, if I get a pizza, I'm going to eat the whole pizza. Yeah, I mean, I want to. I'm not going to say I don't want to, but, uh, you know, so sometimes what I'll do is, like, yeah, if man. I get to my really long runs, like my half marathon, and, okay, you know, I know I burned enough calories, so my lunch will be half the pizza, and my dinner will be the other half the pizza. <laughs> and that way, you get to kind of enjoy it all. That's pretty good. I remember after we went to West Virginia, and uh, it was after the sprint, so after pretty much the whole weekend, I, I was in the hotel by myself because everybody else went home Sunday and I spent the night and I was going to come back Monday. So I was just, man, just starving and I was like, screw it. And I went to Domino's and got two large thin crust pizza. And, you know, there's nothing to them because they're so oh, thin. Yeah. Man, I, I downed both of them, dude, like it wasn't nothing. I've just got a huge... That Domino's oh, dangerous. That they thin used, crust they still have is. The, uh, five 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 deal. They used to have that back in the day. Yeah, they do. Dude, mm-hmm. I, in college that would just kill me. Like we walk in there for the weekend. Oh yeah, we get just five five five. We get three pieces. That'll last us the whole weekend. Shit. <laughs> oh, it makes me cringe remembering those days. Man, I remember. Uh, I think I come back from a race, and it was a couple of years ago. But they had that deal, and it was at uh, Pizza Hut. I think I went and got two medium pizzas for $5, and then I got that chocolate chip cookie thing they got this $5. I ate all of that, but like, but two pieces of the pizza. I remember that. Oh, shit. I know. So <laughs> that I, sounds amazing, but at the same time, it's probably a little too much. <laughs> oh, my God. It's way too much, man. I just, I, I'm the type of person where I'm going to eat it all at once and start over tomorrow. So it's like, it's not good thing yeah. i'm like i said i'm a binge yeah. eater and that's one of the biggest things yeah and that's very common you know it actually takes your brain about 20 minutes to get those hormonal signals from your stomach if fuck i can down two pizzas in under 20 minutes <laughs> no no and, and that's exactly right that's what i'm saying is have your first serving and then make yourself stop for 20 minutes and if you still feel hungry then have more yeah but a lot of times if you can just stay strong for 20 minutes that'll let you know your stomach be like oh okay all right maybe we're good and that'll yeah. help you at least, you know, hold it back for another couple of hours or something like that. I just need to binge on a bag of carrots instead, I think. Hey, that, that'll work too. Yeah, just carrots, <laughs> celery sticks, whatever. Just kind of give yourself something to, to chew on for sure. <laughs> for real. So, Danny, man, I always got a bunch of questions I ask everybody, man. So, I'm going to ask you too, man. Uh, sure. So, what is like right now, what's your like 5K and 10K PR, man? You know, I honestly have no idea. I have not ran uh, for time. Like I said, I've completely changed how I train. Right. Um, I'd say my lifetime best was, I, I don't have a 5K time. I was able to do a 12-minute, two-mile. 
and that was the fastest I'd done. Hey, that's that pretty distance. quick. That's six minute miles. Um, yeah, so I was pretty proud of that, and I was able to hold a seven minute pace for seven miles. Oh, that's so you quick can too. extrapolate how long that would be for a 10k. But I didn't stop at 10k. I just went ahead and finished the seven miles out. Right. But that was that's before. Pretty slick. I, yeah, so I was I was doing pretty good, and that was actually a couple of years ago. I had a very severe Achilles tendon injury, Ooh. and and that's what actually caused me to stop doing triathlon training. I shifted to bodybuilding to let that heal, and I just I haven't gotten back to that speed yet. Did you tear your but Achilles? I, I, it, it's basically as close you can get to tearing it without actually tearing it. But yeah, I couldn't put any weight on it for like over a week. Ooh, and it was just like I was halfway through a run, and I all of a sudden just feel like it's. Like, okay, you know, it's a little sore or whatever, just push through and all of a sudden it was just like someone just sliced the back of my foot. Ugh. And it just collapsed and I just could not put any weight on it. And it was yeah, so it was a long awful. road to recovery after that and kinda of derailed my endurance training for quite some time. Mm. That sounds rough. Um I had a, I remember I swapped to ultras and I I felt like I did it in a slow enough pace to where because i was already running in like a six millimeter drop but i guess it's just still you got to get used to it and my achilles was tender for a good six months while running those and that was my fears i was going to tear up my achilles so oh yeah um, no doubt you gotta really like that you gotta transition real slow with those yeah, I just I I just ran I ran Alabama in those King uh, MTs and I really like those. They're, they're good shoes. They're a little heavier than the Innovates that I'm used to, but um, I'm, I I yeah. wear them. I, I feel like they work pretty good. How did they work on the slip wall with it being as muddy as it was? Uh, the slip wall fine, but like I said, I did struggle with the Z wall, so I'm not sure if I would have been better with some of the other shoes. Right. Um, I was actually listening to uh, Benny and Bracken's uh, shoe discussion they had, uh, I think they posted last weekend. Yeah, I haven't uh, listened Bracken to that yet. I saw it was like two hours long. So. Two days long. <laughs> like, I would honestly just skip to being and see their top two or three. <laughs> but, uh, I, I listened to it all. It was, it was inter- interesting, you know, because Bracken, like, he's tried so many shoes. It was actually really impressive how he had some insight right. on, you know, what are the benefits and whatnot. But um, he, one of them, I forget which one he mentioned, but the one thing he was really surprised was how good of a traction it had on wet wood, um, which is typically oh. something that the OCR shoes struggle with. So I forget which one, double check his, uh, his, uh, their feed there, but that might be something to consider on some of these wetter races. Well, I thought that, you know, cause in Alabama, the slip wall was right after the dunk wall. And I mean, Normally in my innovates, when the wall's muddy, I usually have to kind of throw my elbow over the top of the slip wall and catch myself. But with the Ultra MTs, I was able to walk up the whole thing and then walk down the backside. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I've always. I've worn yeah, I've had the King MTs for every race uh, since Charlotte last year, and and yeah, I've never struggled with the, the slip wall life other than Dallas Sprint last year, just because it was a complete slot dude. I, did, were you in Dallas last year, one jam? No, I think that they had this the Spartan uh, Super and Sprint was in Atlanta that same weekend, so I, okay. I stayed close to home. Yeah, so that one, like the overall course was not as muddy as Charlotte, but right there at the end, the the um, spear throw and then the slip wall was like halfway up to your knee. Oh my gosh. Mud. And then walking up to the slip wall, and I, I'd ran the open way with a, a buddy of mine. And we get there, and each rope has like ten to fifteen people 
trying to get onto the rope. It is so muddy. It is, like, impossible. You know, like I said, I've never had any struggle on the football. I'll just run up it. You know, I get halfway up before I even grab the rope and get it, and you're fine. You know, it's easy. Dang. And this, like, no. I think I was one of maybe a dozen people that morning that got over, and that was only because I had a dozen people boosting me up and guys from the top pulling me over, and, like, there was just no traction on that rope. Dang. So I didn't think of a real cool strategy, actually. I almost got to the top is, I wrapped it around my waist once and kind of held it off, and then I just spun around, winding the rope up on myself. <laughs> actually, I almost got to the top. I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, he's going to do it, he's going to do it. But I, I couldn't transition to that last grip. I was so close, but oh, I feel like man. I could definitely make it happen if I had to again. Dang. That's crazy. But yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> so back to the shoes. So uh, my, my ultras uh, did fine with the football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like them. I think I've, and I just picked up another pair. They were on sale on Amazon, I just, but it was only the size 10, which luckily that's what I wear. So they're only like 68 bucks shipped to the house. So, Oh, I, shit. Yeah, I jumped on that, but it was only the size 10 on Amazon. And there wasn't like four pairs left. So, you know, yeah. that they, may, they just switched to the, the 1.5 models. So that may have been the 1.0 just trying to sell No, it, it's 1.5. Oh, what? Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, just found a good deal, man. That's yeah, awesome. I jumped on that. I saw it. I just happened to be looking around. I didn't really need them, and I was just, and you know, and it was only one color and one size, and it was that black and gray, and it was in a size 10. Okay. Yeah, man. I jumped on it. They come in uh, yesterday. That's awesome. Well, so, yeah, congrats on signing that shit. So now I don't have to dry out my shoes to wear them for the next day. I'll have another pair. <laughs> You know, I actually was dreading that because this is the first year I've been done back-to-back races, and I actually kind of like the next morning having them wet because I can actually tie the laces tight. That's something I've been noticing, and actually huh. they feel more secure. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't like about the MTs is I ankle lock the laces, and once you do that, they are super short. They, yeah, I had to put some longer laces on because I'm still wearing a protective brace on that ankle that I twisted just in oh, case. Yeah? And yeah, there, there was not, I could not even get a knot in, so I had to put in some longer laces. That is one down of them. Yeah, I need to do that before this weekend, too. Find another pair of shoes that's got some longer laces and jack them. So, <laughs> yes, sir. All right, Danny, so to this point, what has been your, your, your most favorite race, your best race, and why? And it could be anything, man. Uh, definitely, I would say probably Wintergreen 2016. That, that was, like I said, definitely the the pinnacle of the experience for me, but best performance, shit, um, probably that, uh, that Alabama sprint. I felt pretty good on that. Like I, I went out really hard. I was actually in first almost the whole race. Oh, wow. And I just, uh, uh, Ben came in right at the end. He, he, uh, he does age group as well. And he, he just, he, uh, paced himself perfectly and he came on me right before the sandbag and then he like I, I know my very good I'm a strong guy I powered through the sandbag and he fucking just left me in the dust I was like damn man you tied that pass perfect <laughs> so um, but yeah I was still pretty proud of that performance um, you know I definitely pushed the pace a little bit more than I do uh, typically normally I'm more of a, a kind of light, light race uh, runner you know, where I'll kind of hold it back in the beginning then you know, hit it hard the last half yeah, um, people come out of the, people come out of the gate so fast, and I try not to get caught up in that because I don't want to die out too. But uh, I think yeah. I got in first at 
in that same sprint you're talking about. I think I got into first, like, right when we got to the barbed wire. And uh, it's me and Kevin Gelati. And Kevin Gelati, I mean, he's not in my age group anyway, but he, he, he come out really fast. And, you know, I passed him in the barbed wire, and there was somebody else in his age group, too, that passed me like right after the tire flip. And when he come by me, I was like, what age group are you in? And he's like 45 to 49. I was like, cool. You're not in mine. <laughs> and, I, I always want to ask them. I hate that they don't, we don't have different colors or something. Cause I never know which division they're in. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll ask them, especially if I'm winded too. <laughs> that way I'll know I don't have to keep pushing stronger. I actually yeah, thought I about, you know, well, I always like run with my shirt off. I, I thought about starting to write like on my back of my shoulder and write, you know, 40 to 44, you know, Dude, that'd be a good, yeah, we should all start doing that. I'd be for that. Start a trend, you know, but, but then you might be giving somebody like an extra edge, you know, they're behind you and they'll be like, Oh, he's just right up there. I can sprint past them, you know, or they might just <laughs> say, Oh, he's in the next age group. Cause he looks old as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, so, okay, what has been your worst race and why? Or the race you hated the most, and you may have already talked about this today. Uh, that, uh, that was definitely the Charlotte Sprint, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> this, <laughs> I, I was frustrated and pissed off and like, get, like, I, like I'm not proud of it. I, I took off the headband and threw it at the ground in front of me. Like, uh, and I had to like look at the, I had to say sorry to the volunteers. Like, I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at myself. Yeah. You know, and just. Oh my god, it was so frustrating. Drop an F bomb or two. Yeah, yeah. So, but and he and I know you don't want to hear this, Danny, but you gotta come back next year and and do better. <laughs> That's how I dude, mean I, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, man, but just think of like if you come back next year and like get on the podium in, in your age group for the sprint, man. I mean, just think of how awesome that would feel. That's true. That's true. I, I will be training my my grip regardless, and it'll all depend on on how the uh, the schedule is. Because I've already, I feel like I've done way too many. I didn't plan on starting my season this early, yeah, but you've done a bunch. The, uh, yeah, this is my seventh race after that this year already. Oh, wow. So it's uh, I, and I'd intended for Charlotte to be my first race of the season. <laughs> oh wow! I'm like, no, shoot, okay, they're starting the national season early. I'll, I'll go ahead and I want to see where I can hang with these these big guys, um, and just kind of see where I'm at. So I didn't intend to start this early. So I will, I won't say 100 percent no. I will just say that I am not currently planning on it. But I do can I do uh, admit that it would be nice to get some um, redemption on that. Yeah, man, got to come back next year. Show what's right, up. We'll see. All right, man. So, what is like your race ritual? What are you doing on Friday night, uh, the morning before the race, and what are you doing after the Saturday race? If you're going to do the Sunday race, man, like, what is your race ritual? You know, what are you eating? What's your recovery? Tell us what Danny Beer is doing to kick ass. Sure, sure. All, all my secrets for that tenth place finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. um so the biggest thing I can recommend is have a, a routine that works for you and do that. Like you need to know, like do not ever do something new for race day that you have yeah. not tried in practice. Right. Um, so that is the biggest mistake I'll get with some of my clients. Like, oh yeah, I want a carb load for this or that. And I'm just like, well, you probably don't need to. Yeah. Um, so just for anyone out there. Especially for a sprint, not, you know. I mean, I'd yeah, say you really don't even have to carb load for a super. 
I mean, you need to have yeah, some yeah. carbs in you, but you don't need to just bomb it. Exactly. So I, I refer to it as you want to be carb full, um, but you do not need to be carb loaded. The, the science actually shows if it's not longer than 90 minutes, there is zero advantage to carb loading. Right. Um, and even then, you know, it's minimal. Too. This Carb loading is more for, you know, the ultras and for triathlons. You know, it's not even for like a, a flat beast, probably not even then. A mountain beast, maybe. Yeah. Um, depending on your pace. So, yeah, so my before, um, the day before, I will go, basically I'm trying to hit the same carbs as I get in training while keeping calories lower since I am tapering in uh, my training. So, usually Wednesday is my last day of training, uh, Thursday, Friday, taper in. Um, so, I'll have a little bit less fat, a little bit less protein, and then try to get the same amount of carbs. So, normally in training, I'm getting four to 500 grams of carbs, depending on um, how intense the training is. So, I'll try to hit that same amount on Thursday, Friday, while dropping fat and, and protein, maybe about 25 to 50%, um, you know, depending. So, just cutting out. I know I'll, I'll bake with olive oil and stuff like that, have you know nuts and seeds throughout the day. So I'll just kind of cut all that out for a couple of days. Right. Um, and that way the calories don't go too overboard. Uh, and then morning of the race, I uh, just have my typical, normally, uh, my, normally my long runs are on Saturday. So I have, uh, I make sure this is something that I'm going to tolerate well. I know exactly how long after this meal I'm going to have to go to the restroom so that I know I'm going to be good to go before the race. Right. Um, so I know how everything, all that's going to feel. So for me, um, just make like, uh, it's a fairly higher carb. So I'll have three hours before the race. I'll get up and I'll have light breakfast, usually an omelet, sometimes like a, a burrito and I'll have some oats and blueberries. And then I'll just kind of relax for an hour. Kind of, I'll usually I'll kind of just sit up in a chair with my eyes closed, just kind of, you know, let that digest. And then two hours before I'll usually have, if it's a super, I'll have a bagel with some jelly. If it's a sprint, just half a bagel and some jelly. And then start, you know, stretching, start getting ready for the race, get dressed, whatnot. And then an hour before, I'll have a banana if it's a beast. But if it's anything less than that, I'm probably have gotten enough food. And then about 45 to 30 minutes before, I'll start sitting on uh, my pre-race drink, which is usually just um, been doing the Endurly recently been trying that out with their Perform Elite stuff. Yeah, man, I love their shit. Um, you know, and, and it, it works well, I feel like, but I almost, it, it's kind of, it's a benefit, but also a negative is it doesn't give you that, you know, those typical bodybuilding pre-workouts. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, from the caffeine, and I, I almost wish it had that, but at the same time, when it does, uh, then you always end up going off a little bit too hard. So it's, right. It's kind of good that you don't, but I almost wish it did because I do kind of like that pump, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll have that. I'll usually put an extra ski- scoop of uh, Vitalite in there just to get a little extra. Uh, and then maybe some electrolytes depending on how hot the, the race and how long it's going to be, stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, and that's my uh, pre-race ritual. So what are you doing like after the race, like to prepare for the next day? Uh, so after, so, um, I'm real big of, uh, cherry bundy cherry juice. So I'll have that uh, It's good anti-inflammatory. So I'll have that post-race. I don't like that crap fit aid. They always give us thing. It tastes like crap. And, uh, I don't know why, but I crave it at the end of a race. Like really? if I see it in I a store, do that, I don't man. care for it. I don't know. I, I try because I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe this will help. I'm like, oh man, just, it does not go down well, but. Yeah. If it works for you, it works for you. I rarely drink but, uh, soda, so that's pretty much like the only time I drink soda is like there. <laughs> it's a fit okay. 
soda earned. <laughs> yeah, but if, if it works for it, it works for it. Yeah, a lot of people love it. Um, I, I was just, I was never able to get a taste. Yeah, so I'll have, uh, back in my car, I'll have that cherry bundy. I usually do eight ounces of that with four ounces of water. Then mix it, which is like a half a scoop of vanilla protein powder. I like the Optum Nutrition personally, but any uh, protein powder is going to be fine there. Right. Um, that or, yeah, yes, are my two favorites. So I'll mix it up there, just a little bit of post-race protein, uh, you know, some recovery carbs out of the cherry juice. And then probably about an uh, hour to two hours later, then I'll have my, my lunch, which, um, you know, if I'm racing the next morning, I'm probably going to keep it pretty similar to the previous days where it's higher carb, lower fat, and, and some lean protein. And then for dinner, I'll try to be pretty healthy. I used to do, oh, yeah, I'll have the pizza or go out some get some chicken alfredo or stuff, a lot of saturated fat. Yeah, like tour of Italy at Olive Garden. <laughs> Which is, is, well, it tastes great. It's great to reward yourself. That's definitely not going to be the best for best performance the next day because all that saturated fat is actually going to increase the inflammation and not you're not going to recover as well. So what you want is lower fat, especially low saturated fat, and just higher carbs. So um, like this last time I went and just had Olive Garden, just got there, just spaghetti and tomato sauce. Uh, just a few breadsticks, so a little bit of fat on that from the butter and whatnot, but, right. you know, it's pretty good there, and just had some vegetables on the side, and uh, a little bit of frozen yogurt for dessert, and called it a night. So no Krispy Kremes? Unfortunately not, no, yeah, it's always hard, because yeah, you want to reward yourself, but then it's like, okay, I also want to perform the best, and, you know, so that's a good after race, you know, the post race when I'm coming back. <laughs> um, maybe I'll stop by like a, a duck donut. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's a really good brand, a chain there in the south, southeast kind of. What, Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, duck Donuts, D-U-C-K. Oh, I've never yeah, heard, they, no, they, I've never heard of that. Yeah, if you're ever on the east coast, uh, kind of mid-east coast, check them out. They're, they're really good. It's kind of like this big gourmet donut. You walk in, you can say, I want like a, you know, a chocolate, strawberry, Oreo, whatever. Oh, wow. Um, blueberry frosting or, or um, peanut butter frosting, caramel drizzle, whatever. And that look, look up their website, man. Like it'll make you just drool. It is amazing. Oh, I need to check that um, out for sure because I'm a so donut those connoisseur. Are, those are kind of my treats. I originally got, when I lived in Virginia Beach. Um, the guys I worked with would bring every once in a while and kind of spoil me. So now I always look at the towels like, do they have any duck donuts? Okay, <laughs> after my second race. <laughs> so. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Definitely have your treats, but I would say if your your goal is optimal performance, save those treats for after the second race, um, and or at least in moderation after that first one, because you don't want to compromise your performance the next day. Right on. You heard it here first. A woman university trained dietitian. That is right, yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, Danny, do you have any like, like? tips or tricks that you think that you figured out on like a certain obstacle that like when you're coming up to an obstacle like do you have any tips or tricks to share with anybody that you think is different than what most people think um maybe just on spear like you really got to figure out what works best for you because i think everyone's got a different spear technique right and, and last year, like, I was walking into every race trying something different, and it, it just all kept not working. And yeah. I really had to just go home, make my own practice spear, and figure out, you know, what approach works for you. You know, if you want to try, like, the dart method, if you want to try just the regular thrower. For me, I really liked, I'll take a step back and just kind of, like, do a hop, skip forward, and throw. So my forward momentum 
carries the fear the spear because my problem is I would always cross over right uh, if I was trying to throw it hard and that was what was causing me to miss so I found that would really help me personally um, so but different people will have different results for that so definitely figure out what works best for you there hmm. that's cool man well hey Danny I'm all out of questions man you want to add anything to this no, man, it's a pleasure talking to you. Always uh, happy to help. And if anyone wants to uh, touch base with me, they can find me on my Instagram at Beer Fit Nutrition. Uh, if you want any just general tips, I'm not doing any online uh, coaching right now for nutrition, but if you have any general questions, uh, definitely feel free to hit me up there on the, the Discord. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you definitely need to check out the Discord. And like I said, you can hit me up on Messenger or Instagram, and I'll send you an invite to it. It's pretty cool. All right, Danny, man, well, uh, I'll let you go, man. I know you're over there in San Antonio doing some conferences or something like that, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I got a, actually a nutrition conference here for the Air Force. We're learning all the, the new stuff they want us to be doing in the, the upcoming years. So, learn a lot of good stuff. Cool, man. That sounds good, man. We'll eat right while you're on your trip, dude. <laughs> a little bit. I'm actually trying to have a good balance, you know, and let myself enjoy it, but at the same time, I have a little bit of healthy stuff, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, Danny, I appreciate you talking to us, man. Take it easy. All right, you too, man. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Danny Beer. I want to thank him again for taking the time to talk to us. Lake Lanier's this weekend. I'm looking forward to this. The venue was awesome there two years ago. Kind of sad. It's just a sprint, one-day event, but I'll take it. Uh, come up to me and say what's up. Follow me on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Leave a review and I'll read it. And just thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you at the race. Peace. Peace.